0: You are listening to an Elam Christian Centre podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged and empowered by the message you are about to hear. said, for those of you who don't know me, um, and I'm the kids pastor here, um, we are currently in a series called Unnamed, where we have been diving into a few different stories in the Bible um, of different people whose names weren't mentioned, um, but they play a really significant part in Scripture and um, in the story of God at that time. And um, tonight, I am going to be talking all about the 10 lepers found in the book of Luke. Um, If you guys are taking notes tonight, um, my message is titled, The Glory Belongs to God. Before I get into it, let's pray. Lord God, I just thank you so much for um, what you've already started through this message series, Lord God, and I pray that you would really continue that tonight, Lord God. I pray that you would ready our hearts right now to receive um, from you, Lord God, and I pray that we would leave different. In your name, amen. Amen. Um, so my family and friends can vouch for the fact that I am a very stubborn person. It doesn't, t- well, no, it takes quite a lot to convince me to jump on the bandwagon of something if I've already decided that I'm not gonna do it. Um, most of the time, if me and my friends have found ourselves in some um, like really random situations, it's because I've instigated the idea and I have not wanted to follow through, but I'm okay with watching everybody else do it. Um, more so when I was in primary school than these days. Um, I have a few situations that I can think of when I was in primary school where I instigated things that I probably shouldn't have, and was not, um, I was okay to be a part of it until the consequences came around, and um, there was one time in particular that I remember very clearly. um, For Christmas, I had gotten one of those like brand new plastic, like, hairdresser sets, you know, like, like, the really cool ones, and I was really hyped on it, because it was all that I wanted was this plastic hairdresser set, and I had a friend, um, her name was Tamei, and she had the most, like, gorgeous head of, like, ringlets, like, really, really pretty hair, and she came over the one day, and we were playing with this hairdresser set, and having a really good time, until it just started to get boring, because it wasn't the real thing, so I thought, you know what, I have a really, really good idea. I know where my mom keeps the scissors in the kitchen. So we went and we like snuck through to the kitchen, wait like so my mom wouldn't hear us go through, went and grabbed the scissors and we decided we were gonna give each other a haircut. I had my hair, I had like, you know when you have it like half up, half down, you've got the little ponytail? She chopped my ponytail off. And um, I cut a bald patch into the back of (laughs) her head of ringlets. And we were like, this is, what have we done? And um, we were in our room and we were getting like quiet now because we knew that we, you know, had done something that we shouldn't and we were trying to figure out how we were going to get out of it. And my mum started to think, oh, you know what? I haven't seen Danielle for a little while can't really hear them, went up to come and see what we'd done, and we were both standing against the wall like this, because we didn't want them to see what we'd done to our hair. (laughs) I was happy to instigate the idea, um, but wanted to take zero responsibility for it afterwards. It's funny, isn't it, how as humans, as soon as consequences roll around for something that we've done, we're really quick to not take the the credit for it, right? Right. But if something's going right or something is done really, really well, we're the first ones to put our hands up and say that we wanna be a part of it. We live in a day and age where we can get validation and approval from the touch of a button. It gives you a sense of accomplishment and a kind of happiness that builds confidence in yourself, right? And the things that you're good at, the things that you can do, the way that you look, the way that you dress, the things that you have, it's all about us. But the thing is, is that our life was never meant to be just about us. The focus and the attention was never meant for us, it was always meant to be on God. The 10 lepers mentioned in scripture were in desperate need of healing and a change of circumstance. They went to the only place that they knew where they could go to get that change, and that was Jesus. What I love about this story is that, yes, Jesus performed a really great miracle that like radically changed these people's lives, but there was one person in particular that took that miracle and gave it back as glory to God. Tonight, I'm gonna unpack this story a little bit. It's found in the book of Luke, chapter 17, verse 11 to 19, and I'm praying and believing that we're all gonna leave a little bit different tonight and that we're all gonna leave ready to let our lives mean something more than just about us. My first point tonight is this, we give God all the glory when we recognize that we need Jesus. Um, I have a few friends who have really, really great work perks. So I'm not sure if you, well, you guys probably have friends that do as well, but i um, Shania, who most of you guys know, she used to work at um, at Hoyts for a really long time. And um, she, it was awesome when she worked there because one of the perks of being her friend was that she could get me movie tickets for $1.50. And it was like, I know, it was like the best thing ever. And so it meant that you could spend all your money on like the snacks and whatever you wanted. So we used to go to the movies all the time. So whenever there was a movie that I wanted to go and see, Shania was the one that I would go to. Shania now works at Kathmandu and the other day she came in to come visit us at the office and she brought through, it was like friends and family like discount something and she was giving it to a few of us and asking if we wanted to go and spend money at Kathmandu. Another great work perk. We have um, a friend, his name is George and he works at the airport for Air New Zealand and so on Sunday last week, (laughs) George came up to a few of us and he was like, guys, So I have a few um, like tickets that I can get, um, like flights that I can get for really, really cheap. Do you wanna go to Queenstown for the day tomorrow? And we were like, yes. (laughs) So we looked at each other at 6 p.m. last week on Sunday. We were like, let's go to Queenstown tomorrow. And that's what we did. So we got up really, really early in the morning, which I wasn't very happy about, but we got up early in the morning, flew to Queenstown, it was awesome. Went to Arrowtown, did a few different things. The boys tried to convince me to bungee jump, but I was like, there's no way that's happening. Um, And then um, at the end of the day, we went to the airport a little bit early just to make sure that we could get on our flight. Now, the thing about the um, tickets that George can get um, through Air New Zealand is that they're standby tickets. So what that means is that um, if there's extra seats on on a flight that haven't been paid for or haven't been booked by anyone, then those would go to us. But the problem with this flight was that there were 17 free seats and 24 people waiting on standby to hop on this flight. So we were like, did we come to Queenstown for the day and we're not going to be able to come home? So we were sitting in the airport waiting to hop on the plane. They let everybody onto the plane and we were sitting there and a family of seven rolls in with like all of them and their bags. And they've already had their luggage put on the flight. We were like, oh no. And then the flight attendants told them that they weren't allowed to go through, took their bags off the flight and let us go and sit on the flight to be able to go home, which was a little bit unfortunate for them because they ended up being stuck in Queenstown. But because we knew George and he had booked our tickets a little bit earlier, it meant that the perk of knowing him was that we managed to get home and get on the flight. It pays to have friends in high places, right? Right? When I was wanting to the movies, I'd go wanting to go to the movies. I'd go to Shonya. When we were wanting a quick, fun, extravagant trip, we went to George. Um, the story of the Ten Lepers shows us ten friends who went searching for Jesus because they knew that He was the one that they needed to turn to to get the healing. The first part of the scripture of the story starts like this: It says, "Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and, Gal- and Galilee." As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. Back in the time when this was, when this was written, people like the 10 men um, who had leprosy were mistreated and shunned because of their disease. They were outcasts of society. They weren't allowed, the law actually stated that they weren't allowed near anyone who didn't have the disease. So when they wanted to actually go and get a healing from Jesus, they weren't even allowed to approach him. But that didn't stop them. They went as close as they could and they called called out in a loud voice to try and get their attention. Because of the way that they were treated, they were ignored and they were left to fend and congregate with themselves. Jesus would have been the only hope that they had to ever get a change in circumstance. They couldn't do anything about it on their own. They themselves couldn't change their circumstances. In fact, I'm sure a a few of them probably tried a few things to try and change it, right? Try and get healing, try and change what they had going on in their life. I know that I would have. I would have gone looking for people who could have helped me, people who had a little bit of knowledge, maybe new people who had gone through the same thing and found healing. But they couldn't do anything. They knew that their circumstances would never change without a supernatural healing or encounter. They didn't let the fact that they had to approach Jesus at a distance stop them. They recognized that they needed Jesus and went out and searched for it. It's a different kind of freedom that we step into when we recognize that we can't do it on our own. When we feel hopeless and out of our depth, when we're at our lowest, it's really hard to acknowledge that we need help. But when we do acknowledge that we need a kind of help that we can only find in Jesus, it shifts our perspective from impossible to being filled with hope. Our circumstances might not change immediately, but when our eyes are on Jesus, we start to see things through a different lens. We see little things like our perspective shift and our prayers start to change from, Jesus, I need you to change this to God, I trust that you're in the midst of it. And it readies our hearts to give him the glory for it all. And it means that we don't have to actually live up to the expectations of what a miracle and a healing like that actually looks like. And it it points people to the one who can actually do it for them. After the men called out to Jesus, they, um, they went over to him and he gave them an instruction, and he, an, an instruction and he actually told them to leave and go and find someone else, uh, something that they probably didn't think was the way that Jesus would respond, but they chose to follow and listen and trust Jesus anyway. My second point tonight is this, we give God all the glory when we choose to follow Jesus. Um, my family is from South Africa, and um, so we don't have much family here in New Zealand, and we've gone back a few times to go and visit, and I have a cousin whose name is Christian, and he is a few months older than my brother. So the, when we went back, one of the times we went back to South Africa, um, my brother, they would have been about four, I was about seven, and we traveled all around to different places, just you know, going and experiencing the things that we usually couldn't, And um, there was one place that we visited. I'm pretty sure it was a restaurant and I remember this like really clearly. We went to this restaurant and it was brand new and it was big and it had all sorts of different things and places that us kids could go and play, but it was massive. And so when we first went in, my grandma was holding Christian's hand and she said, Christian, you are not to leave my side. You stay with me until we know exactly where we're going and where we're sitting so you know exactly where we are. Now Christian was one of those kids that like no matter what instruction you gave him, no matter how serious you were, he just just didn't listen. He just did his own thing. So we're walking through and she's like, "Remember, don't leave my sight." We walk in and Christian just like guns it. Like he runs as fast as he can, so fast, keeps going thinking he's running outside and he ran straight into the glass door. <laughs> rebounded off of it because he ran into it that hard, and it was really funny because there was this whole thing of like snot on the window because he'd hit it that hard with his nose, but he suffered the consequences because he was told instructions, he was given something to do, and he did not listen. When the lepers who approached Jesus were given instructions that didn't reflect what they imagined Jesus would have them do, instead of doing what they thought would make more sense, they chose to follow Jesus. The scripture says this, it says, when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. When the 10 lepers went up to Jesus and asked him to have pity on them, I'm sure they were expecting him to perform a really cool miracle like the way that he'd healed a blind man or fed the 5,000. But instead, Jesus sent them to go and see someone else other than him sorry, I've lost my, (laughs) go see someone other than him. With their obedience, because they chose to listen, with their obedience actually came the answer that they were looking for. It just took trust and faith enough to follow Jesus even when it didn't make sense. When it doesn't happen the way that we expect it to, it doesn't take away from the outcome. In fact, often it makes the outcome better because it comes with more favor, it comes with perfect timing and an undeniable sense that it was God that made it all happen. Right there, the lepers were already on their way to see the priests when they got their healing of the miracle. They were already on their way to go and show someone the power of God. The scripture tells us that out of all 10 that were healed, only one went back to go see God. The Bible doesn't say that the other lepers weren't thankful for the healing that they got. It just says that that one man was a different kind of thankful. He was was in awe at the power of God rather than focused on the healing that he got. The third and final point that I have for you tonight is we give God all the glory when we boldly praise Jesus. The band can come and join me now. There's a story that I read one day, um, on the internet, as you do, Um, I'm not 100% sure if it's um, a true story, but it's a powerful story, so I thought that I would read it to you guys tonight. It says this, it says, one day when I was a freshman in high school, I saw a kid from my class was walking home from school. His name was Kyle. It looked like he was carrying all of his books, and I thought to myself, why would anyone bring home all of his books on a Friday? He must be a real nerd. I had a quiet weekend planned, parties and a football football game with my friend tomorrow afternoon so i shrugged my shoulders and went on as i was walking i saw a bunch of kids running towards him they ran at him knocking all of his books out of his arms and tripping him so he landed in the dirt his glasses went flying and i saw them land in the grass about 10 feet from him he looked up and saw the he looked up and i saw this terrible sadness in his eyes my heart went out to him so i jogged over to him and as he crawled around looking for his glasses i saw a tear in his eye As I handed him his glasses, I said, those guys are jerks, they they really should just get lives. He looked at me and said, hey, thanks. There was a big smile on his face. It was one of those smiles that showed real gratitude. I helped him pick up his books and asked him where he lived. As it turned out, he lived near me, so I asked him why I'd never seen him before. He said that he'd gone to a private school before now. We talked all the way home and I carried his books. He turned out to be a pretty cool kid. I asked him if he wanted to play football on Saturday with me and my friends, and he said yes. We hung out all weekend, and the more I got to know Kyle, the more I liked him, and my friends thought the same. Monday morning came and there was Kyle with the huge stack of books again. Again, I stopped him and I said, damn, you're really gonna build some serious muscles with this pile of books every day, and he just laughed and handed me half the books. Over the next four years, Kyle and I became best friends. When we were seniors, we began to think about college. Kyle decided on Georgetown and I was going to Duke. I knew that we would always be friends, that the miles would never be a problem. He was going to be a doctor and I was going for business on a football scholarship. Kyle was valedictorian of our class. I teased him all the time about being a nerd and he had to prepare a speech for graduation too. I was so glad it wasn't me having to get up there and speak. Graduation day, I saw Kyle, he looked great. He was one of those guys that really found himself during high school. He filled out and actually looked good in glasses. He had more dates than me, and all the girls loved him. Boy, sometimes I was jealous. Today was one of those days. I could see that he was nervous about his speech, so I smacked him on the back and said, Hey, big guy, you'll be great. He looked at me with one of those looks, that really grateful one, and smiled. Thanks, he said. As he started his speech, he cleared his throat and began, Graduation is a time to thank those who helped you make it through those tough years. Your parents, your teachers, your siblings, maybe a coach, but mostly your friends. I'm here to tell all of you that being a friend to someone is the best gift that you can give them. I'm gonna tell you a story. I just looked at my friend with disbelief as he told the story of the first day we met. He had planned to kill himself over the weekend. He talked of how he would cleaned out his locker so his mum wouldn't have to do it later and was carrying his stuff home. He looked hard at me and gave me a little smile. Thankfully, I was saved. My friend saved me from doing the unspeakable. I heard the gasp go through the crowd as this handsome, popular boy told us about his weakest moment. I saw his mum and dad looking at me and smiling that same grateful smile. Not until that moment had I realised its depth. This boy chose to be a friend when nobody else would. He chose to be bold and do the right thing despite what the people that were there did, despite what they had done to his friend Kyle. There was one leper of the 10 in the scripture who chose to be bold and to be different and turn around despite what the rest of his friends had done and actually go back and praise Jesus. The final part of the scripture says this. It says, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. The other nine didn't respond in the way that Jesus had hoped that they would. They didn't respond with more than just gratitude. He was hoping that they would all return and worship and acknowledge everything that God had done for them. The one leper that came back, he was loud and he was bold about his praise. He wanted Jesus more than he wanted the healing. There was extra healing for him. There was a healing in his heart that the other the other lepers didn't get. We should want Jesus more than what he can do for us. When we do, our whole world changes. As Christians, we should live and praise God in such a way that people look at us and can know that there's something different about us. That it is our faith that made us well. That it's our faith that defines who we are and where we're going, not our circumstances. Your life isn't about you. Your life should be for glorifying your creator no matter what sphere of influence you come from. Your friend circles, your homes, your schools, your university, your workplaces all have the opportunity to be different with you there. Our world needs Jesus more than ever. Our community, our country, our church, our people, need people like us, people like you, who can stand up and say, if nobody else is going to honor God, if no one else is going to be bold about their faith, I'm going to be the one that does. If you leave here with anything tonight, let it be a decision to live in a way that takes the recognition and the praise off of you and puts it back on God, that chooses to let your life be one that, it, that shows what a creator, what our creator can do through a normal person, through people like us. Humans were never meant to get the kind of praise and be worshiped the same way that God does. We simply can't handle it because it was never meant to be for us. That's why celebrities are the way they are because that kind we were designed to be wor- we were designed to worship not to be worshiped. Your life totally changes when it's no longer about you. When it becomes all about God and we choose to let our entire lives be an act of worship to the one who created us. When we do, we're finally living in the fullness of what it means to be a child of God, what it means to be a part of his family and his kingdom. So let's choose to let our life glorify God by acknowledging that we need Jesus, by choosing to follow him even when it doesn't make sense, and by choosing to boldly praise Jesus when no one else will. Let me pray for you guys tonight. Lord God, thank you so much for every single person here, Lord. I thank you so much that you have a unique plan and purpose for every single one of them, Lord. I pray that you would speak to us tonight and you would show us the areas of our lives where it's become about us. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us, that you would surround us with people who are going to encourage us to live a life that's all about you, Lord. A life that glorifies you and a life that shows others what you can do through them. I pray that you would be with us Lord God and that you would help us glorify you in every area in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Centre podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz.